Thank you for joining us on the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you with little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations about the issues that matter most to you. Now, let's get started. Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. I have a treat for you today because my friend Elizabeth Maxson is in the studio with me today. Hey, hey. Yep. She uh, actually met her at a homeschooling co-op that we were a part of. And pretty much um, I was in the middle of writing a book and she (laughs) agreed to read it really fast and edit it for me, which was a (laughs) lifesaver. But she describes herself as a storyteller truth seeker, beauty beholder, grace giver, and word weaver, which are so many. First of all, that just sounds amazing um, the way you wrote that. I love it. But you are an author and a speaker. Um, You're also married to a golf coach named Joey, and you have two children, Lucy and Oliver. You guys um, currently live on the edge of some woods, which I love, in a college town called Clemson, South Carolina. And i just wanted to have you on this podcast today because while we share a little bit of the, our homeschool story, there's so much that we don't share. Mm. And I feel like our listeners could really benefit from some of the experiences that you've had in motherhood, specifically um, having a daughter with a chronic illness. Um, and so I feel like you can speak into their hearts and I would love for you to be the one that ministers to them and gives them hope mm. in this situation. So I want to thank you for being here today. Aww, thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. I love, I always say, I wish I didn't have to talk about this stuff. And in some ways I wish it wasn't part of our life, but I'm always grateful for the opportunity to share mm-hmm. hope with other people. So thanks for having me. Yep. And you, that's kind of your heart anyway. You've been involved in ministry. And there's one other part of your story um, and what you do in your life now that's not in this description. It's kind of new. So mm. tell me a little bit about the like the ne- the other job that you have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, just over the past year, I have gone back on staff. I worked on staff at a church for many years, and then we moved back to Clemson. Um, and just the pa- this past year, I've gone on staff at our church, um, mm-hmm. Freeway Church in Clemson, mm-hmm. which is an awesome community. It's very diverse. Um, In fact, our family is probably in the minority there at the church. Um, And it's just an amazing group of people. Um, And our family just feels really at home there. So it was really neat for me to get back into my work in the church. So yeah. Yeah. I was happy to hear that you were there because I know last when we talked, you were searching Mm, for the church that would fit your family. Yes. And a lot of people have that struggle. Yes. Um, so I was happy to know that you're there. And one day on this podcast, we're going to talk about your experience at the church because it's something that people need to hear. But today, yeah. will you just um, kind of describe the challenges that your family has faced um, having a daughter with a chronic Ill- illness? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's interesting. You were saying how we met through homeschooling. And that's one of the things I look back in hindsight. Lucy was not diagnosed when we first started homeschooling, but I felt so strongly that God was calling me to homeschool, even though I am not your typical homeschool, which we've talked about that. Like yeah. we're maybe not the typical homeschool moms. But um, in hindsight, I realized her diagnosis was probably one of the biggest reasons why it was a good thing that I was homeschooling at the time. So we look back and we see so many 
many of God's provisions for us even mm-hmm. before the diagnosis. But um, yeah, Lucy has type 1 diabetes and she also has Hashimoto's, which is another autoimmune disease. She's also struggled with alopecia, which is autoimmune also. It's hair loss. Um, she's really, she seems to be in remission from that right now, which is a huge blessing Mm. of all the things she's dealt with. I think as a mom, that was maybe the hardest, um, seeing her hair coming out, um, with everything else she's already had to deal with. But, um, yeah, she was diagnosed five years ago. So almost actually, um, tomorrow is her diversary. She was diagnosed on October 23rd. So she was five years old when she was diagnosed and, Uh, I didn't know anything really about type 1 diabetes before her diagnosis. It's interesting because I have an aunt that was diagnosed late. Most people think that people can only be diagnosed when they're children with type 1, but more and more you're hearing of more adults that are diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And my aunt was uh, diagnosed as an adult, but I didn't know. She didn't talk a lot about it to me, so I didn't really know a lot of the details of it. So um, we really, we saw these symptoms in Lucy when she was She was in her first year of, um, she was in kindergarten that year and we just started seeing changes like weight loss was the first one. Mm. And, but you know, at that age she'd gotten taller. And so I just thought, well, she's just growing. So we saw weight loss and then, um, mood changes, but she was a five-year-old girl and she's also emotional like her mother. (laughs) Um, and so a lot of those things we kind of dismissed. But then the real thing that stood out to us was she started going to the bathroom all the time Mm. and drinking water all the time. And so ultimately I thought, you know, something's, something's up. So I scheduled an appointment with her pediatrician and kind of the last straw was she started wetting the bed, which she, now my son, he had plenty of issues with yeah. bedwetting as boys do sometimes, but she that wasn't never, her that thing. wasn't yeah. her thing. So I knew something is, something is off. So Um, so we made an appointment, but actually what ended up happening was the night before her pediatrician appointment, I sat down after I got the kids in bed and Joey, my husband and I sat down and I just did that thing you're not supposed to do where you type everything in on Google to see what the results show. Um, but again, I think it was God's provision because when I typed in all those symptoms and hit search every single result came back type 1 diabetes Mm. and so we knew even before we took her in the next day that that's what it was and I still I mean I see so clearly in my head that day of sitting on the couch with a laptop on my lap um, and seeing it and being faced with the truth of it and knowing that that was the truth of what was happening Mm. and feeling like my world had just been flipped upside down because uh, we didn't know how we knew this was a forever thing Yeah. And it's never going to go away. And so now our lives are going to change. And what does this look like now? Yes, exactly. And I think we were at a loss. Um, Joey came at that moment. I just, I think I was in shock and he just picked the laptop off my lap and he said, we have to pray. And I just remember we just got down on our knees right by the couch and we didn't, neither one of us knew what to say. Right. But we just opened up our hands and said, God, help us. Mm. We trust you. We don't know why we're going through this. We don't know why this has happened. Joey really struggled for so long with just saying, God, why couldn't it be me? You know, she's five years old. She has the rest of her life. Why Mm -hmm. does she have to live her whole life with this, you know? Um, And so we just started the process then of figuring out what was this going to look like and how was life going to be different? Mm. This weekend, I was at a conference. Um, Your tears are making me think about this conference, but... (laughs) Um, the speaker there was talking about the love of a father Mm. and how, um, 
obviously if we saw our child in danger and say, heaven forbid a car were coming, we would run out into the street and push our kid out of the way. Mm. But um, she said, I was thinking about that. And then I started thinking about the father's love and how the father was willing to give his son Mm. for us. And so I think that um, I can imagine, I can't imagine your heart as a parent. Um, It's just a common theme, even in movies. I'd rather take this instead of my child. Mm. Um, But sometimes you can't. And I can't imagine what that would feel like to feel so out of control Mm. and to say, look, can we just trade? Lord, could we just trade lives? Could we trade conditions? And then that just isn't possible. Yeah. How did you guys, are you, do you guys still process that all the time or think that? Oh yeah. Well, it's so interesting that you say that too, because I really, I mean, you think about that and you think in some cases as a parent, it almost feels easier for us to say, let me deal with it Mm -hmm. because I know how I feel. I know how I can handle it. Um, you think about God sacrificing his son, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a greater sacrifice. I mean, Mm -hmm. as a parent now, I feel that's a greater sacrifice than Mm -hmm. sacrificing myself. Yeah. Like he could have just done it himself, but instead he had to watch. Yes. And then even the, like, the whole, I don't even know how he did it. Yes. You know, I just said, son, we need you to do that. Yes. Oh. And you As think about Trinity. Abraham and yep. Isaac. And I mean, you think about that, that is a greater sacrifice mm-hmm. and it puts it into perspective when as a parent, um, you're faced with that with your own child. So yeah, it's hard. Um, it's hard to watch her. She handles it amazingly. I mean, she is a rock star about, I mean, Mm. she, she's so responsible. There's so many things that she has to keep up with every day. Um, she's in school this year. We homeschooled up until last year, but she's in school full time Mm. during the week this year. She's handled it beautifully, but there's days when she just wants to be done with it. Yeah. And I think some of the hardest days for me as a parent are the days when she's just tired mm-hmm. or we're at a water park having a blast and then her pod comes off or something happens and then we have to go back or, you know, or we're all ready to watch a movie and all of a sudden her blood sugar is over 400 and we don't have any more insulin or, you know, we've had yeah. so many little things that have happened that, and she will just look at me and say, I hate diabetes and I wish I didn't have it. And and I can, all I can do is say, I know, me too. me too. Yeah. Me too, babe. I really would, you know, and we've had moments where we've gone home and gotten pillows out and just jumped and punched and said, this is diabetes and <laughs> we're just going to beat it up, you know. Um, but then we stop and the, the couple of things that help for us in those situations um, are remembering that we're not alone. I mean, I always remind her, hey, Lucy, you remember Nevaeh's doing this, Riley's doing this, Maddie's doing, like the people that we know. A support system. Yeah, and we know these people who, because in her day in and day out life, she's the only one that's doing that. She doesn't have any other everyday life friends that have type one. Mm. Um, so it helps to remember there are other people that, you know, out there that are doing this, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it also helps to remember all the great things that God has done in and through this. I mean, I think that's one of the things, and that's really where our hope lies. I feel like in, um, in seeing and knowing what he will continue to do through this, Mm -hmm. um, like I said, I would love to, ta- we always say we would take it away in this. And if I could snap my fingers and it would be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, God is doing something in it. Elizabeth, I so admire you for all the courage that you've had to do this with your daughter. Um, so we're going to hear more, but we're just going to take a quick break for today's tips. 
We'll be back in a moment, but first, let's check in with Elizabeth Harper for a dose of tips, trends, and practical advice. Hey everybody, this is Elizabeth with Tips and Tricks for Season 6, and today I want to talk to you a little bit about my experience um, with learning disabilities and with uh, disabilities with children. Um, my daughter Ruby was diagnosed with ADHD about a year ago, and we had seen little signs and symptoms along the way before that had happened. Um, there were issues with reading. We had uh, issues with, obviously, attention and hyperactivity in school, um, and it had gone past the point of just kind of normal child behavior um, to a point where it was affecting um, her life at school as well as her life at home and her social life. So it was time for us to do something. Um, and I know there are some of you mamas out there that might be wondering the same thing about their child, not necessarily in the ADD realm, um, but maybe some other challenges uh, have presented themselves and they're literally affecting your child's quality of life. Some of you mamas out there have dealt with physical disabilities with your child from the moment they were born. And um, the frustrations and stressors that can come with that are real. And they are, um, sometimes it's hard to kind of pick up and say, okay, today's a new day. We're going to do this. But I I just had a few little things that I wanted to share with y'all um, and things that have helped me, who've helped other friends that I have. Um, whose kids have different disabilities. I have one of my really good friends. Um, her son is um, autistic and it is a struggle every day. Um, but he is a blessing. He is awesome, hilarious, so smart and so funny. And so we were just kind of talking about, hey, what are some things that the Lord has shown you? And what are, you know, a few little tips, if you could tell any mom, what would it be? And so we just wanted to pass along these things to you. First of all, Congratulations. Not only has the Lord given you an amazing gift in your child, but he has also given you the gifts of patience, creativity, and discipline. You have this in a higher stock. Trust me. If your child has a has any type of disability um, or, or any kind of challenges, whether it's physical or mental, congratulations. Those are three gifts that you have loaded. Patience, creativity, and discipline. Remove fear and shame from the equation and arm yourself with love and forgiveness. Love and forgiveness for your child and love and forgiveness for yourself. Trust your gut with what you're sensing about your child. So if you haven't taken your child to a doctor yet, but you're kind of feeling like, oh, maybe I need to, there's something that's not right here. Or if you have taken your child to a doctor and you're saying, hmm, there's something that's not right here, go to another doctor, get a second opinion, um, and it's not so it suits your um, narrative for your child, but it's because as their mother, you do know them in a very, very special way. And that's not to be ignored. Disability does not equal inability. It'll just look different. So just because they may have a challenge in a different way does not mean they are totally enable, enable or incapable. It just means that it might look a little different, um, but it can still be absolutely amazing. And then we found a few scriptures that we love to speak over our kids. Um, and I would encourage you to do the same. Some of ours are, as I speak over Ruby, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You were born for such a time as this. He saw you unformed and all of your days were ordained and written in his book before one came to be. 
Moms, I know that it gets hard sometimes. I know that you can feel um, like I can't do this sometimes, but guess what? You absolutely can. Not only were they born to be your child, but you were born to be their mom and you are more than equipped. I hope you have a blessed day. Elizabeth, I can't say how happy I am for you to be here with me today. And I know this is a super hard subject for you. Um, You're crying here with me. (laughs) I want to cry too. I wish that I could go and fix Mm -hmm. all your family's problems too. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it's hard sometimes to digest the fact that we live in a simple world. And Mm -hmm. this is what happens sometimes. And sometimes God gives us a miracle. And sometimes God helps us to be the miracle and I think that mm. you're that for your daughter. But I'm mm. going to guess, I want to ask this question. It's not on our sheet here, but I would guess that she's been a little bit of a miracle to you and how she's faced this. Do you have a story mm. of her bravery that you just really admire that you mm. can share? Um, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And and like I've told you before, it's this is a hard story, but it's a good story. It mm. really is a good story um, because God's doing good in it. Um, you know, if you know Lucy, the name Lucy means light. And mm-hmm. so Joey and I were really intentional when we named our kids um, about the meaning of their names. And so we chose Lucy specifically because we both have grandmothers named Lucy, but also we just love the meaning. And um, she has lived up to every bit of that name wow. because she is she is a bright light. And as a baby, it wasn't always easy because she was that kid. I always say that cried the loudest and laughed the hardest, mm-hmm. you know. So she was always just wide open, and she still is. Um, she just has a way of connecting with people. She loves people. And I think that part of walking through this has created a deeper compassion in her, um, she notices suffering. Mm. Um, and from such an early age, it has been amazing to me. She goes towards people. Mm. Um, She's not scared of mm-mm. it. Like a lot of us are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so when I see in certain situations, I see, I see this all the time. I see somebody who's maybe alone mm. or having a hard time, or she just has like this sixth sense for picking up on things like that. And she goes towards people. Um, and so I think that's part of, I think it's partly her personality. And I think um, it's just the way God, God created her. And so he knew how all of this would work together mm. to create the kind of person that she's becoming. But, um, no, I definitely, I think that she, it's, it's interesting. People a lot of times will ask kind of like, when did the story take a turn? You know, because I know it was, cause now we can talk about, mm-hmm. we, we're through the, the first year of not knowing what in the world we're doing, um, and so a lot of times people will say, well, when was the turning point when you really became hope? You saw the good in the mm-hmm. story and in her and in your family. And um, you you be really grabbed on to like, what was that story, mm-hmm. you know, where hope made itself? And, and I always, you know, it dawned on me. I kept thinking like, I need this really significant story of when all of a sudden it was like, we were flooded with hope and everything was amazing. And, um, and I kept trying to, to come up with that story. Somebody asked me in another podcast one time about that. And I just thought about it and I said, you know what, it wasn't a moment or a story, but it was a choice that Mm -hmm. we made. I mean, and I remember we made it in the hospital. I remember sitting on the floor 
um, the night after she was diagnosed, I remember sitting on the floor with my laptop out, writing and processing everything. And I remember God just impressing on his truth on me. And in that moment, we just grabbed onto hope. And I think it's the hope that's actually led us. Um, And so, and through that lens, I see her and Mm -hmm. I see the story and I see, you know, what she's done and what she's overcome. That's so good. I, as I was listening to you, I think that there are a lot of um, specifically students, but even people who will tell me, I don't have this amazing mm. testimony. I just kind of feel like I always knew God and then mm. I got saved in church and that's who I am. And I, I don't, can't really tell people that story because that's not interesting and that's not exciting and that's not whatever. And when I look at people like that, mm. I want to say, I want to encourage and say, do you know how many people would trade in mm. their, quote, exciting story <laughs> yes. for your very healthy one? Yes. You know? And so I think that sometimes we're looking for this dramatic change, um, but sometimes it's just the choice. It's yeah. a steady choice. Yes. And then just a determined choice to say, I'm going to choose hope. Yes. Um, I love that. How would you say that um, all of these diagnoses and all of this um, – confusion coming Mm. in about Lucy and her future and about what's going on in her body. How has that affected your family? Well, I think, uh, well, obviously it's hard. Mm. Um, I think one of the hardest things about type one, you know, I remember in the beginning reading all kinds of things and, um, people saying, gosh, I'm so sorry. I can't believe that she has to, you know, prick her finger all these times during the day and that she has to get these injections all the time. And that must be so hard. And I remember reading someone who had had diabetes for many years say, um, yeah, that stuff isn't necessarily fun, but that's not the hard part of diabetes, of type one diabetes. The hard part is that it's all day, every day for the rest of your life. It's that you don't get a break from it. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the ways it's been most difficult on our family is that you don't get a break from it. And so it's a part of all day, every day of our lives. And one of the things that I realized for me too, is that what used to be a really fun and enjoyable time, like meal time, mm-hmm. of like having meals together as a family suddenly became really stressful for me mm-hmm. because I'm, cause we have to count carbs every time Lucy eats. So mm-hmm. she has to know exactly how many carbs she's getting. Um, there's a lot of foods and things that we try to avoid because it negatively impacts her in a lot of different ways. And so I'm constantly trying to make sure she's not getting something she's not supposed to have and then making sure I'm not really good at math. So, <laughs> which I think is part of the problem. Yeah. It's like my husband and I both say, we're not good at math. Oh, so this gosh. is really stressing us out. Yeah. Cause we had to calculate how many carbs she's getting and all that. So is she good at math? She, it, you okay, know, so. she, she actually, she, I feel like she handles this a lot better than we do. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe, so. maybe she's gotten better at math because she's had to do yeah. this for so long. So, um, yeah, so I think it's, it's the stress of things that, okay. So she was diagnosed late October, the week before Halloween. Mm, oh gosh. So we come right home. All the candy. Yeah. Right before all the candy. So we come home and it's all these things that for most families are fun, enjoyable, carefree types things are all of a sudden they're so stressful. And then Thanksgiving was right after that. That was stressful because it's just like food laid out everywhere. And how do you tell a five-year-old? Stuffing and macaroni yeah. and cheese. Oh, yeah. And, and it's all just, the casseroles. And everybody's picking at it, you know, and which is the fun part of Thanksgiving. And so how do you tell a five-year-old, no, 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 you can't wait. I need to know what that is. I need to know how many carbs. Don't touch that. Don't eat that, you know. And so one of the biggest challenges has been around that mm-hmm. and around food. Um, and so I think we've had to be really careful Um 
to step back and not let that completely consume us. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten the hang of it now. But for me, one of the things that helps me as a mom is that I have to, I've asked Joey and, and my husband is so involved in all of this and so amazing and knows every little bit of this. But the reality is I just naturally take on most of it, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, and I think that's true for us yeah. as moms a lot of times. Um, you're just probably thinking about it all the time. Yeah. How can I solve this problem? Yes. It's always, it's my primary responsibility. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I've gotten better about asking Joey for help and what that looks like for me. That's most helpful is there are days when I just say, can, can you just be in charge of Lucy's diabetes today Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. one day? That's good. It's huge. And a lot of times there's stuff at night. I mean, if she's having a rough night where her blood sugar is really high or really low, then we have to get up, you know, every couple hours and, And if you'd have to do that multiple nights, it's like having a newborn again, you know? And so we kind of did the, okay, can you take this night, you know, just to give me a break. Do you still have to do that? We do. One of the things that is amazing that we're so grateful for is she has a continuous glucose monitor, Mm. which is something that she wears. Yeah. That we um, inject. um, She has, we have to change it every 10 days, but Mm -hmm. um, it gives, it sends her blood sugar readings to our phone. Like Mm -hmm. I can look at it right now on my watch Mm -hmm. or on my phone and see. I have a friend who wears a port. Is it a port? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And her pod is that way too that delivers her insulin. So she has two things that she wears on her body for it. So that helps. But still, if she's struggling with highs or lows, then we may need to be giving her something. you know, to eat or to drink if she's, if we can't get her blood sugar back up, so Mm -hmm. little things like that. But I would say having to deal with this has honestly brought our family together more than it has hurt our family, than Mm -hmm. it has been difficult. Y'all are coming together as a team. Yes. Yes. We always, so we have a, Lucy has a younger brother, Oliver, and I love your kids' names, by the way, Lucy and Oliver is so cute. Thank you. Um, and, and Oliver, we always joke because Oliver was so little when she was, mm-hmm. I mean, he was, they're close in age, but he was four. And so we were trying to explain what happened and that her pancreas wasn't working anymore. And that's what happened. And so he started from, I mean, honestly, I think Oliver's probably been more faithful and praying for her um, than the whole rest of our family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, you think about the way that this has impacted her, but it's impacted him in a lot of ways too, both difficult and good but he would pray in the beginning we explained he would pray for lucy's pancreas god Mm -hmm. please heal lucy's pancreas Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so we still joke and say that but he's still faith if you ask him what do you want to pray for or what do you want he says for a cure for type 1 diabetes Mm -hmm. it's the first thing he always says um and so but it's hard because just by nature her this chronic illness requires a lot of our time and attention yeah and so it, it it feels like I have to be really intentional about making sure that he's getting, um, you know, his own time and attention for his own things. Because honestly, he's he's a really, he's an easy laid back kid, you yeah. know? It would be easy to overshadow or for yeah. him to get overshadowed or yes. to be in the shadow, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Yep. So that's been a challenge, I feel like. I can't imagine. So I'm just thinking, you know, going on a trip, going skiing for the day, that is not just going skiing for the day. It's if we go skiing or if we go on a hike or if we go, we Mm. always have this backpack or we Mm. always have these supplies and we have to have them. Yeah. Um, or whatever it is, what would you say? So this is also not a question we thought of, but, or that I have on here. What would you say your greatest tools to Mm. help you like on a daily basis have been? 
Well, first of all, I'm so grateful for the technology that she has. Mm -hmm. I mean, having her CGM and her pod, which so she doesn't have to get injections anymore. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have to stick her finger all the time like she used to. So we have to have, those are the things we have to have Mm -hmm. with us all the time. And then we have to have food with us Mm -hmm. all the time because if her blood sugar drops, then she has to have something. Um, so juice boxes or snacks or, so those are the things that we just, and it's just second nature now. We just don't leave the house yeah. without things How did like you that. find a support group or what, what did that look like? Yeah. Well, and that's one thing I would say to just for any families dealing with any special needs with their child, whether it's chronic illness or, and the reality is, you know, we kind of joked about this when we were talking about the podcast, podcast, because every, every child has some kind of special need that mm-hmm. they need, but um, if you have if you have something like this, I think it's important to have a community that understands mm-hmm. that, but also to have your other community apart from that. I think, and that's taken me some time too to find the balance because early on you kind of want to just dive into that community that knows, understands yes. it all, and gets you. Yes. But then, but then I'm guessing that you talk about that all the time, and so maybe you're wanting yes. <laughs> an outlet that doesn't always focus on it. Yes, and and so much we don't want Lucy's identity to be I'm a type one diabetic. Yeah. It's something that she has to live with, but we want to handle it and be healthy about it and her to be so much more than that. Hmm. So, um, so we have to find that balance of, yeah, it's great to go to events and do things, um, within that community. JDRF, um, is a, is an organization, a national organization that has local chapters that has been great for us to connect with other families. Um, beyond type one is another organization that has provided just great resources for us. Um, so there's organizations out there and, and then within our community, we found little, like a, we have a girls group that meets in Greenville of girls mm-hmm. that have type one. Lucy goes to camp every mm-hmm. summer, a day camp for kids that have type one. And so we've found that healthy balance of she has times when she can be around those people and be reminded she's not alone, but then she can go back out into her everyday life. And yeah. I think that's good life. because any of us can have, take on the identity of really mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. When you were talking about your son and how he's very aware of his sister's illness and mm-hmm. has so much compassion and mercy yeah. for her, um, my husband and I were talking the other day about just about a bunch of different things. But I was talking about how um, because I feel like that I had um, a hard circumstance when I, early in life for me, mm-hmm. and I and but I saw God in that hard circumstance that there's something in me that doesn't separate, which I feel like a lot of Christians do, this idea that God is there when we're blessed and God is not mm. there when we're suffering mm. because I feel like we ha- we just do that. Mm. It's, it's for whatever reason. And even you can see in the Bible, God mm. ca- caused her to conceive. And so all of a sudden he's there, but then when she's barren, where is he? You know, <laughs> like all of these things where we separate God from the mm. suffering yes. in our lives. And so I think that even though I wouldn't have wanted, I, I'm mm. not happy that I suffered. There is something that I learned because I did at a young age that God is always there. Yes. Even if it's hard. Yes. Um, and I think that you guys have probably yes. experienced that. And even for your son, I think that there's going to be something different about him mm. that he's going to be able to like stomach suffering with people just like Lucy does, yes. but in a way that maybe people, other people cannot. Yes. And support and yes. stand beside and all of these great things that he's going to have coming out of this. Yes, absolutely. I think you're exactly right. And I think it's true because I think we have this tendency to, 
equate, obviously, like suffering bad, you know, success mm-hmm. good. You mm-hmm. know, these are, this suffering is always bad and there's, and, and God is good. So mm-hmm. how can we put God with suffering? But I think that's one of the biggest parts of our story. And I always use the word hope when I, t- and the subtitle of my book is Finding Hope in Hard Places because um, hope is so much a part of the story um, because this is kind of a sidebar, but one of the ways that God has worked through this in such an amazing and positive way is that I feel like he has given our family favor um, outside of, up until Lucy's diagnosis, all of my teaching and speaking and everything was done really in the church mm-hmm. and at women's retreats. And mm-hmm. it was in the Christian community. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden after this diagnosis, um, we had this other platform mm-hmm. And it was like all of a sudden, because we had this shared diagnosis with all these other people and all these other families, they needed hope. Yeah. They listened to us and and God gave us favor. Um, and I, I look back and I know God was working in all of this. And so then all of a sudden people found out within that community, Oh, you, you do speaking. Oh, mm-hmm. well, would you come speak at this event or this summit or this? And would you bring your books and mm-hmm. would you, you know, and so all of a sudden we've, you know, we've got this there's people that maybe have never been to church before or had mm-hmm. a bad experience at church and they're picking up my book, which got, has the gospel woven throughout it because I cannot tell our story yeah. without talking about God yes. and his faithfulness. I cannot tell it mm-hmm. um, because it is so interwoven with everything that we've endured and, and everything that he's done. But one of the neatest things was there was a woman who picked up, somehow got my book, I think when it was still in ebook form. Mm-hmm. And the original title was Type Wonderland, and then it got rebranded and republished as just Wonderland. But she got one of the original books right after her son was diagnosed. And she reached out to me and said, if I planned an event in Charlotte, would you come and see? I mean, we didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. She said, would you come and speak at it? Because I feel like everybody needs to read this book. Wow. And um, I was like, sure. And then I said, I have this friend who's a singer and songwriter. And she just is just so hopeful in her. Can she come? And she was like, sure. Like none of us, we, we didn't know her. She didn't know us. And so she planned this event. She called it a hope luncheon. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, because that's... That's what, the, that's, what I, that's what I needed. What I needed in the middle of this was hope. And what other people need in the middle of whatever they're going through is hope. And so so now, you know, Emily and I have gone with our friend Nancy all over the Southeast doing these. She's done these in like multiple wow. places. And I always, um, every time we do one of those luncheons, I always open it by reading Emily Dickinson's poem that says, Hope is the thing with feathers that perches on the soul. And sings the song without the words and never stops at all. And then I, I share our story and I share what God's done in our story. And at the end, I always tell people, so spoiler alert, if you ever go to a hope luncheon, <laughs> no, you already know, you don't have to go. Um, but I always tell everybody at the end that hope, the hope of God is like a bird to me, this image of a bird. Not because it can swoop down and pick me up and remove me from all of my pain and all of my suffering and take me out of it, but because it comes and sings the sweetest song over me mm. right in the middle of it. Mm. And that is, that's what you're describing. When you, have been, when you have met God in your deep suffering, you know that he's there with you and mm. you experience him in ways that you never would. And as much as Joey and I always say, gosh, we always think about our kids and we think, oh, we don't want them to have to go through anything hard. We want to protect them. We want them to have a good life. But the reality is in our own life, 
the times that we have known the Lord the most deeply and we have grown the most is when we have been suffering. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we've watched Lucy from an early age have to do that, but we've seen the fruit of that Mm -hmm. too in her life for sure. And so I think that probably as a family, you guys are thinking we're going to be there um, while she's suffering to show her that the Lord is there when we're suffering, but we're going to celebrate and have fun when she's not and just yes. to make the most of that when those yes. moments come. Would yes. you do me a favor um, yeah. as we're ending today and just tell me a little bit more about your book, first of all, second of all, how people can connect with you yeah. online or on social media and just all of that. Just yeah, sum absolutely. it all up. Yes. And I, I would love to connect, especially with any other families that have a child with chronic illness or that are just struggling with something with their kids. Um, I just have a heart for that. In my former life, I was a school psychologist. <laughs> and so I worked with families whose kids were receiving diagnoses, which is so interesting now in hindsight yeah. to think about that. But um, but I, I just love connecting with families and, and giving them hope and just mm-hmm. coming alongside them. So um, yeah, um, you can connect with me. Really, as far as social media goes, Instagram is the best place to connect mm-hmm. with me. I um, am at Elizabeth Maxson on Instagram and I, that's really the only place that I'm really very active, but, mm-hmm. um, because you know, have to put up my boundaries yeah, for, you have um, to choose for that. Yes. I have to choose. Media. That's right. Um, so they are for sure. And then Elizabeth is my website and there's a link there to, um, my Your book, p- my book, which is wonderland. Um, and then yeah. And begin, which is the other one, which is we can talk about another day. Yeah. But yeah. But Wonderland, would you say, what are they going to get when they yeah. read that book or what was your heart behind it? Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about that book is it started as a series of blog posts. I, I mean, I've always written as a way to process things. And so from the day one in the hospital, I started processing Lucy's diagnosis and how it was affecting our family through my blog. Um, and then I just had families in the type one community mm-hmm. that people kept asking, can you put those together? Cause here's a new family or here's a family that's going through something similar. And so I put them all together in an ebook. Mm. Um, and then people started saying, well, could you get, could you make a hard copy of that book? And so anyway, we ended up self-publishing a mm-hmm. hard copy of it. And I, um, ended up adding more content to it. And so it's really, um, it is our story. It's a story from a mom's perspective mm-hmm. of really the heart of it is when, um, something really difficult happens that's out of your control with your kids. Um, and, and how do you respond to that? And how does God meet you in that place? And it's just, it's a story of God. It's God's story, really. Mm-hmm. It's a story of his faithfulness in our family and just all the things that he's done. Awesome. Well, Elizabeth, I want to thank you for coming here today and helping our Overcoming Monday listeners, even if their children didn't have, don't have a chronic yeah. illness. I think that this is basically just a podcast to help you learn how to view suffering Mm. and to have a few um, tricks up your sleeve or not really tricks, but just mindsets that God doesn't leave you, um, that he hasn't left you, that he'll never leave you. He's there in suffering and in blessing. Mm. Um, I know that you found some little secrets for your big breakthrough, and I cannot wait for you to listen again. We're thankful you chose to listen to Overcoming Monday, a production of Clayton King Ministries. This podcast happens because of you. There are three ways you can help us reach even more people. 
be sure to share us with your friends and follow Shari on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at SharikING99. You can also make a tax-deductible donation to CKM, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry at ClaytonKing.com give. And of course, subscribe. And for more encouragement to move you forward in your faith, check out her blog at SharikING.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope we've given you something to help overcome this Monday.